Business Class, a podcast sponsored by the iBear MBA program of the USC Marshall School of Business. This is Dick Drobnik, iBear Director, uh, speaking with Ronnie Chan uh, for the iBear podcast, Business Class, about Pacific Rim business issues. And uh, Ronnie is the chairman of the Hanglung Group, and he's also the co-chair of the Asia Society uh, worldwide and chairman of the Asia Society Hong Kong Center. And uh, at the moment, we are doing this interview in the Asia Society headquarters in New York uh, after a board meeting. Ronnie, can you tell us a little bit about an overview of, of Hong Kong's operations in China and, and when you started with the Grand Gateway Plaza in 66 in, in Shanghai and has it evolved the way you expected? Before 1991, Hong Kong was purely a Hong Kong real estate company. In 1991, after about 18 months of research, we decided to enter into the mainland China market. We bought our first piece of land, and uh, if I remember correctly, December of uh, 1991, I think it was. And uh, it took us a while to build out the first two projects, both of which are in Shanghai, Plaza 66 and um, Grand Gateway 66. those projects were completed in respectively in 1999 for Grand Gateway and um, 2000 for Plaza 66. When did you break ground for those projects? How long did it take to go from? Well, from the purchase of land, as I said, in 1991-92 uh, until we completed 1999, so you're talking about eight years. Wow. And I remember you came to speak in the Iber class maybe in 92. And you said you had just taken a kind of a long trip through China and through some of the inland cities, and you were trying to see whether uh, post Tiananmen Deng's reforms and statements were going to be reversed or not. And you convinced yourself they were not going to be reversed. Mm-hmm. Correct. You remember what? So that's why we went into China. We thought we'd just test the water, but we decided that uh, China is a big place. You want to test the water? Mm-hmm. The test is quite big. Well, the, te- the test you did was square blocks right. on Nanjing Road and, and out by uh, Jiao Tong University. The, big test. The total square footage of uh, uh, those two projects were um, quite sizable, shall I say. Something like, what, eight to nine million square feet. Each? Uh, no, to- together, combined. together, together. Yeah, right. And so there they are pretty sizable endeavors, about 8 million square feet. And uh, turned out that uh, we hit a bonanza. Uh, did you have to get approval from the party secretary of Shanghai, or did, did it operate at lower levels? Um, in those days, uh, it was a novel thing to, uh, to buy land. Actually, it's, you know, it's a long lease, uh, and not unlike you know, crown property of Bangkok or Irvine Company. And in those days, uh, the process was not as well defined as it is today. So, you know, so more or less uh, uh, try it as it goes. And so it took a long time. And frankly, it was our first endeavor, so we were learning our way. Um, but, you know, we, it was very successful. Soon after we opened, we realized that. 
up to today, we are getting something like, what, 48%, roughly almost 50% uh, return per annum over our original um, cost, over our original cost. Including construction. Right, everything, all in cost. So your rental revenue is 50% of your all-in cost right. each year. Correct. So in two years, you've paid off your investment. Uh, less than two years. You're compounding. Right. So this was so, a pretty good test of the waters. Uh, yeah, but it, it, it took us a while to get there, of course. Uh, we opened in record 2000. Uh, it probably took us about 15 years to get to uh, close to 50% return. Uh, but uh, think about it. Uh, you, you you invest you invest hundred dollars, uh, you know, uh, in the years before two thousand, and now we are collecting uh, close to fifty dollars every year, and it's rents. Uh, our, our, our we build five star shopping centers and office towers, so our tenants are really who's who in the business world. KPMG, some of the biggest law firms, and and so forth, uh, and so and in terms of our shopping center, you know you have uh, Chanel, Hermes, uh, LV, Prada, and the like, and so these rents are not going to disappear overnight. So it's almost like an annuity mm. that you have close to fifty percent of your original cost every year, uh, and our rental margin is very good. It's something like eighty-six percent. Mm. So for every so every hundred dollars of rent I get, uh, eighty six drops to the bottom line. Drops to the bottom line. Wow! So wh when did that fifty percent return start coming? Two thousand seven, two thousand eight. No, it, it 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 took it took a while, as I said, about fifteen years. But then it, it a after opening. Right. So at the beginning it will be you know twenty thirty percent, and okay. then I know uh, not quite at the beginning. Maybe I don't know. 10-15% and then you build it up to 20%, 30% over the past 15 years and it's reached by, by about 13-14 years we're already close to about 45%. When did you decide to expand to city number 2, number 3, number 4? We opened uh, those two properties around 2000 and 2004 Thereafter, we, 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 had to, we, we by 2002 or so, we knew that we had to hit a jack, jackpot. We began to strategize for the next phase, and we decided to go to the second-tier cities. Um, and the main reason is, you know, Shanghai and Beijing will always be the best, but the best located site was already taken. In Beijing. In Shanghai, right. And so we're not ready to compromise on location. And we thought that there's still a lot of opportunity in second-tier cities. And by second-tier cities, you're talking about, you know, at least six, seven million people apiece. So your third property was Tianjin? No. Uh, the second property, the third property, the second city that where we bought land was in Tianjin. But it took, Tianjin took a long while to complete. Uh, so some of the other cities that we purchased land later actually were, the properties were completed earlier. So now we have... Uh, Ten properties, uh, eight of which are uh, totally completed or partially completed. Uh, we have two more that are still under construction. And the reason I say par some are partially completed, for example, we have um, uh, Shenyang, we have a project called Form 66. Uh, the shopping center was completed quite a while ago. We completed one office town. 
and then we should have another office town and a lot of residential to go. And, you know, depending on the market, we're not in no great hurry. Um, and um, uh, in Wuxi, Center 66, for example, we completed the, the, the shopping center a couple of years ago, and we also completed one office tower, and we're now building a second tower. But are, are you renting out the space in the shopping center already, or it's all on oh, the uh, No, no, it's all, all, all leased, leased out. It's already leased out. Uh, collecting rent already. And the office town, the first office town is already something like 80% full. Are you able to pre-lease before construction is finished, or do you have to wait till construction? That's, a, that's a, a Western concept. If the economy is rising fast, you expect rent to be rising from year to year. Uh, so why... So you don't why lock in? Why lock in and why lock in too long, right? What's unless it has a uh, an, unless it has a uh, renewal uh, uh, conditions that you can up the rent. So what what's your ideal uh, lease? Three years, five uh, years. Most of the shops is uh, three years. If you have the biggest stores, uh, some of the f you know uh, top brands, mostly five years. And is it a, f a fixed rent or a, r a variable rent? Depends on who the tenant is. If it is just ordinary tenant, we just get the rent. If you are a big name, uh, such as the ones I mentioned, uh, we have a base rent, which is always pretty high for us. We are not willing to gamble on the upside too much. But we have a pretty good, solid base rent plus uh, a percentage of the, li uh, uh, of the sales. And you feel confident they don't cook the books and tell you the well, truth? Well, if you are dealing with uh, Chanel and Hermes, I don't think they will cook the book or, you know, uh, uh, one of the LV groups. Uh, moreover, in some places, uh, all the point of sales uh, machines are tied to my computer. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that, that's, that's a good assurance. That's a good trust, assurance. Trust but verify. Somebody yeah, said right. that. Uh, Ronald Reagan said that. <laughs> No, it's because of historic reason that it was done that way. But anyway, yeah, basically we have systems to uh, ensure that. Uh, so everything sounds good. Are there any challenges? Well, China in itself is a challenge. Who knows what will happen to China tomorrow, right? There's always chances of you know, social unrest and that kind of things. Uh, so uh, challenges abound. And, you know, just to buy more land, for example, it's, it's very difficult. It's getting more and more difficult because uh, the government can hardly um, relocate the tenants. And unless they successfully relocate the tenants, they cannot sell you a piece of land. Some developers are gutsy. They take on upon themselves to relocate land, which we never do. It just, the risk well, is too high. That's got to be a headache and risk oh, that's oh. unbelievable. Yeah, and the government has ways to, you know, do things that we as private sectors cannot do. So uh, we don't take on that risk. Well, I remember 15, no, no, maybe 18 years ago, I was walking out of my, my hotel, the uh, Ritz-Carlton on Nanjing Road. Oh, yes. And I, I was jogging, actually. I was younger, oh. and I was energetic and well, trying, to get, trying to get rid of jet lag. <laughs> and I'm jogging by this gigantic construction site, yeah. and, and I'm running around this, this city block, and I finally look up and I say, I wonder what they're building here. And then I see the, the Hang Lung logo. <laughs> yeah, that's us. Well, the, the Ritz Carlton that you stay, that was developed by AIA. Sure. 
Hank Greenberg's group. Hank Greenberg's, yeah, in the old days. I remember in 1983, going there with Barbara, my wife, and it was a big hole. And it says, open, I think, if I remember correctly, summer of 1984. It's just no way they can finish in summer of 84. I don't, if I remember correctly, they didn't open it until 1991, maybe. And so that was uh, the Ritz Carlton that you stay, and I stayed there many a time as well. In fact, just recently I was there, and they're right next to uh, to Plaza 66. Sure. Well, yeah. Plaza 66 still commands the highest rent, both in terms of offices and shopping center in the whole of Shanghai. I, I remember shortly after you opened, I, I walked into the building, and I, I I went up one of the escalators, and. I was speechless because I saw this bevy of young women mm -hmm. coming out into the uh, main area mm -hmm. in bras and panties, oh, and, oh no. and, and there was a, a, a show going on, oh, an I exhibition see. going on, <laughs> and okay. and the airplane was overhead oh. uh, that was there, and yeah, I thought we used to have uh, if Mao and even Zhao and Lai could right. see this oh, see this scene on Nanjing the Road. <laughs> So your, your challenges are, are potential for un unrest or change in China, but what about from a management point of view? Do you have, uh, are you able to attract and, and uh, promote and retain top Chinese managers, or are you bringing in your top guys from Hong Kong? We, as much as possible, uh, hire local people. We prefer it that way. We are not always successful. The finance team usually is headed by a Hong Kong guy, but the general manager can be either from Hong Kong or from the mainland of China. We are one of the very few real estate companies in Hong, uh, listed in Hong Kong that has a very, very active stock option scheme for all okay. our executives. So, it so that incentive keeps it people. Become, it becomes uh, very. Ex it can be. It can be very expensive for them to leave. They leave just too much on the table. So have you been successful in keeping the people you want? I think so. I think we have a very rather stable uh, team. The lower, lower down is, is, is difficult. Uh, they don't have stock options and, you know, somebody pay them more, $100 more a month, you know, jump ship. Yeah, right. So. Well, we, we had our, our IBER MBA class in, in Shanghai and Nanjing, as you know, a few weeks ago. and. And uh, our opening session was with uh, Ken Jarrett, uh, the uh, president of the American Chamber, yep. and three American okay. executives. Mm -hmm. And all three of them said their number one problem mm -hmm. is attracting and retaining top talent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I can understand that. I can appreciate that. <laughs> uh, just one macro question before we uh, close up here. Uh, the Chinese economy has slowed down from the breakneck uh, growth rate of 10 and 11% a year to the modest growth rate of maybe 6% a year. How, how does this affect your businesses, if at all? Well, first of all, China is slowed down compared to, say, five, six, seven years ago. Uh, retail has uh, also slowed down. It used to grow an annually at 13, 14%. Now it's grown at, what, 6, 7%, which is by any standard in the world is still very good. Well, that means it doubles. Yeah. <laughs> Every right, every, ten years. Yeah, every ten years, right. So, uh, and then the luxury retail is particularly hurt, and because of the anti-graft, anti-corruption campaigns, 
and Hanglong is perceived to be uh, the strongest in that space. In the luxury space. In the luxury space. And so our you know, stock price get, uh, get hammered, but it's okay. We have almost zero debt for the last 11 years. And we are building, uh, you know, uh, we're wait, still... Wait you're building these gigantic complexes yep, with you're, zero debt? You're, you heard me right. We're still, we still have another, what, 11, uh, 10 billion U.S. dollars to go. But we have zero debt, and we have probably expense. I, I forgot the numbers. Probably you know, uh, uh, ten billion dollars uh, in the last uh, ten years, ten twelve years, and we still left with zero debt. So, what does it cost to produce one of these Plaza Sixty Sixes? I, I, I know it's going to be different in different cities, yeah. different land prices. Yeah. But can you give me any ballpark well, idea? New projects that we do now. Uh, they usually cost anywhere from six billion um, RMB, or, uh, RMB, uh, six billion yen, yuan they call it, uh, to ten billion yuan. So, so one to one and a half billion dollars yeah, or so. right. And, and that right. includes the land acquisition. That includes everything. Okay. Yeah. I see somebody else is waiting to yep. to take you to another Sorry, thing. Sorry, I have three more no, meetings before I, I understand, my but flight. But let, let me say I really appreciate the fact that you had your son, Adriel, uh, give a briefing to us, uh, to the IBEAR class, uh, two weeks ago, and then you generously hosted a dinner yep. uh, in absentia. <laughs> well, my son was there, so... Anyway, uh, so if, I, if, if I contradict anything he says, take his words. <laughs> Thank you, Ronnie. Okay, Dick. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Yeah. Business Class, expert insight into the world of business. The host is Dick Drobnik. Producer, Pankaj Bhushan. Director, Dan Griffin. And I am Robin Garthwaite. Join us in two weeks for part one of a conversation about China with Sidney Rittenberg. Sidney's singular life has ranged from political prisoner to trusted business consultant.